just launched already. From the brand side out, the only podcast whose goal is to help you launch, pivot, and scale your business or brand so you can serve more, stress less, bank big, and take your rightful place on top. Now, here's your host, live from ECMG Creative Studios, New York, Tanya Weeders. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's Monday, so when it's a Tuesday. Hope all is well, everybody. Thanks, Mr. DJ. DJ at my side, Tiller on the beat. And you, and you, and you, and you. You are here. You are in here. You are doing what you need to do. You are overcoming the weekend uh, excursions and goings on. <laughs> and we're glad that you met us here uh, on this wonderful Monday going into a Tuesday. So without further ado, today we're going to get a little handsy. Today, we're going to get a little bit hands-on. We're giving you the nine tips that you need for making a beautiful presentation from now, henceforth, and forevermore. It doesn't matter whether you're on PowerPoint, whether it's Canva, InDesign, uh, Prezi, whatever you're using, you can use some of these uh, bulletproof uh, principles in order to amp up your game, and we're going to start talking to you about that right now. Let's go. So again, we are giving you nine tips for making beautiful presentations. Whether you're using any platform, this will work for you if you're open to the solitary fact that all of us can use improvement. Yes, you. Yes, me. Me is we and we is me. All right? You don't have to be a pro uh, or a professional designer to make a beautiful presentation. These nine tips will help anyone create compelling slides that, guess what, if you do it really, really well and people are really inspired by them, you can actually sell the slides. I know what I'm talking about. I'm here to bring empowerment to these internet streets. So how many times have you sat through a poorly designed PowerPoint presentation, right? Presentations that were boring, that were cluttered and distracting probably way too many and at worst they were distracting even though we all know the boring presentation when it comes time to make our own do we really know how to do any better (laughs) well if it's yes or no we are here for you today because the good news is you don't have to be a professional designer again to know uh, how to make an awesome and attractive presentation there are a few simple rules and tips that you can follow for creating a professional, beautifully designed deck. And since PowerPoint remains one of the most popular presentation design programs out there, we're also going to walk you through some of those design tips and tricks to maximize your PowerPoint skills and make you look really, really good the next time you're in front of the crowd. So first up, use layout to your advantage. Now, most Western languages read from left to right, top to bottom. Knowing this is a natural reading order, you can direct people's eyes in a deliberate way to certain key parts of a slide that you want to emphasize. Using layout is a simple but effective way to control the flow and the visual hierarchy of your info. That's important. All of your information is important. You can guide your audience with simple tweaks to the layout. Use text size and alternating fonts or colors to distinguish headlines from body text. Placement matters also. There are many unorthodox ways to structure a slide 
but the most audience members will uh, understand uh, and will have to take a few beats to organize your information in their heads. So give them a moment. And that's precious time that's spent better listening to your delivery and retaining information. In other words, don't let it be a distraction. Whatever your layout is, don't let it be a distraction. Let it be complimentary to uh, the information that you're providing. Number two, no sentences. Slides are simplified. They're visual note cards that capture and reinforce main ideas, not complete thoughts. Think of it as an outline. Matter of fact, if you use an outline, you can develop your slides in three seconds, right? You can go directly from your outline in Word or uh, whatever your platform that you're using, uh, word processing platform or software you're using, and you can just throw that completely inside of your PowerPoint presentation and yeah, press one button, (laughs) get your slides information from uh, a, a regular text file and all of your slides, if they are presented properly, if they are probably processed in the Word document and the RTF, one, two, three, you have your slides all in one shot and all you need to do is apply a design and design a design takes like six seconds to actually deploy. Yep, I just saved you a whole lot of time. So what you want to do is recognize that you want your information to be effective, right? You want to pare down your core message and use keywords in order to convey said thought. You should try to avoid a complete sentences unless you're quoting someone or something. When I use quotes in my major slides, I always dedicate the entire slide to that one quote so it doesn't get lost in the middle of my text or in the middle of my presentation, right? Um, no. Number three is following the six by six rules. This is one of the cardinal sins of bad PowerPoints, right? It's cramming too many details and ideas on one slide at a time. And it makes it difficult for people to retain the information because they're trying to decipher what you're doing, right? Leaving lots of white space on a slide helps people focus on your key points. Ergo, let the main thing be the main thing and not to be a distracted by some sort of super califragilistic design you're trying to put out there and impress people with, right? So try deploying this rule to keep your content concise and clean looking. (laughs) I was going to say licking. (laughs) The six by six rule means a maximum of six bullet points per slide and six words per bullet. I'll say it again. The six by six rule means a maximum of six bullet points per slide and six words per bullet. In fact, some people even say you should never use or have to use more than six words per slide. Just watch out for orphans. That means when a word or a phrase or a sentence spills over into the next line, because this actually looks cluttered. So either fit it into one line, use less words, or add another word to the second line. Remember, six by six. Number four, keep the colors simple. Stick to simple. Light and dark colors, especially (laughs) bright text can cause eye fatigue. I'm going to read that again. 
Exceptionally bright text can cause eye fatigue. So use those colors sparingly. Dark text on a light background or light text on a dark background will work well as well. Also avoid, avoid intense gradients, which can make the text hard to read. If you're presenting on behalf of your brand, make sure that your company's brand guidelines are in full effect. Make sure that you're paying attention to them and you're going by them to create the greatest effect and impact. Companies often have a primary brand color and a secondary brand color. In rare cases, they might have a tertiary, right? And it's a good idea to use them in your presentation to align with your company's brand identity and style. So if you're looking for color inspiration on your next presentation, you may want to check out our 101 color combos where you can browse tons of eye-catching color palettes curated by a pro. And when you find the one that you like, just type out the corresponding color code into your presentation formatting tools, right? Wanna know more about that? Yeah, book a call with us. Number five, use sans serif fonts. Now, traditionally, serif fonts like Times New Roman, Garryman, um, Century Gothic, Bookman. Uh, these are all for printed pages and sans serif fonts like Helvetica, Tahoma, um, and Verdana. These are easier to read on screen. These are always safe choices, but if you'd like to add more of a typographic personality, try exploring our roundup of the internet's best free fonts. Yes, the link is in the show notes. You'll find everything from classic sans serifs to sans serifs to sophisticated modern fonts and splashy display fonts. Just keep legibility at the forefront of your mind when you're making your pick because you want your content, what you have to say, the information that you want to get out to be center stage, not the artwork, right? It should be complimentary. Try to stick with one <laughs> font to choose, two at the most. I say three, deviating from this blog I'm reading from, right? Fonts have very different personalities and emotional impacts. So make sure your font matches the tone, the purpose, and the content of your presentation. Now notice, I keep saying content. It's really important that your content doesn't get lost in your design, that your design is actually um, a co-creator, if you will, in the development and the delivery of your presentation. Do not let your design eclipse your message. Number six, sticks to <laughs> 30 point font large or larger. Many experts believe that your font size should be at least 30 points. Not only does it ensure that your text is legible, but it also forces you to include only the most important uh, points of your message and explain it efficiently since time is limited. I always talk to us about, um, you know, the difficulty in making something really difficult into something that a six-year-old can comprehend. 
right? That's where your presentation comes in. It really oversimplifies what you've already broken down. And if people are easier uh, to catch on and latch on to what you're saying, the more success they're going to have in deploying what you're saying right? It makes no sense to get relevant information if folks don't use it. And I guarantee you, if you overcome folks with too much information, too much clutter, they're just going to get their eyes glazed over and they're going to leave the presentation like, okay, yeah, I know that now. What am I supposed to do with it? All of your information that you put out, people should be able to use immediately, if not sooner. And if they can't, they know that they can call on you to help them figure it out. Right. So having said that, I'm going to promote the blog for those of you who are more visual like I am. The full visual article you can follow step by step uh, is at our website at ecmgroups.com forward slash the blog. The direct link is in the show notes so you don't have to worry about searching and searching and searching. Right. And if you want us to create your next presentation, be sure to listen for the instructions that DJ gives at the close of the show. You know we like to connect. We can teach you, but we have to charge. (laughs) But it's not something that you can't afford. Everybody on here can afford it. You can afford uh, to be better, do better, and have more because you deserve it. How about that? Number seven, avoid, avoid, what did I say? Avoid, avoid overstyling the text. Three of the easiest and most effective ways to draw attention is this. You better write this down. This is going to revolutionize your life. You better write this down. Number one, bold. Number two, italics. Number three, a change in color. That's it. We're taking donations and collections at the door on your way out. (laughs) But really, these simple three a ways that you can use in your text is amazing. It, it's the difference between night and day. Our eyes are naturally drawn to things that stand out, but use these uh, changes sparingly so that you can make the greatest effect. Because overstyling can make the slide look, again, too busy and too distracting. Number eight, choose the right images. The images that you choose for your presentation are perhaps as important as the message is. You not only want uh, images that support your message, but also elevate it. A rare accomplishment in the often dry world of presentations, but it's knowing that the images that you use are right. How do you know what the right images are? Be honest. There's no direct answer to this, right? Conceptual, almost mystical subject, but we can break down some of the strategies for approaching an image selection that will help you curate your next presentation. So I'm going to give you my two pens right here. And that is this. When you write, hopefully you're scripting out your uh, presentations. Hopefully by now you are not creating a presentation off the top of your head in 
uh, your presentation platform. Hopefully you're doing it old school the way they taught us back in elementary school. Create an outline. You In your outline, you have an intro, you have an outro, you have a topic sentence for each paragraph, you have three, um, main, three or four main points, and for those points, you have three or four main points in there, and then you embellish. That's your entire presentation, right? Make sure that you have those things. So, when you're writing out even your um, outline, you're going to find out that there are a few terms that you've been doing that's repetitive and that drive your idea home. So what I'm saying is when you create that outline from the top and then you flesh it out to the said article or essay or paper, whatever you're, you're, you're doing or you're scripting, those keywords that you're using that you pull out that you've been using more oftentimes than not, now I'm getting into SEO, but here's how SEO and why SEO is so important. The words that you choose, those are the words that you're going to search your, your images for. So whether you're going to a Google or Bing and using Creative Commons to get your, your uh, images, you want to plug in those keywords to see how they complement what you're saying. That's the easiest way, the simplest way, the fastest way we know how to do that. Like we are major contributors over at um, Quora. We, we've had like 10,000 views in I think three months. So it's, it's kind of crazy. But when we are ready to get images for uh, our comments, our answers, our responses, we just plug in the keyword for the said project, not from what we want to say, but from what the questionnaires or the person who asked, asked the question um, is, is, is um, putting out on the table. All right? So I hope that helps and that saves you some time uh, and some energy because <laughs> I know how going down that rabbit hole works. So your ideal presentation, uh, your images should be this. They should be relatable. They should be absolutely authentic to your style, the way your business or the business that you're working for actually comes around with or is known for. And at best, it should be inspirational. Everything that you should, that you put out into the ethos, whether it's a presentation, whether it's an ad, or whether it's just your presence, you should be inspiring and impactful in such a way that someone who's on the other side of that screen or is the recipient of it is encouraged to do something about what you've told them. So that's not even in the article. You'll see that that's just coming straight from the heart. So these may seem like vague qualities, but the general idea is to go beyond the literal, right? Think about the symbols uh, in an image and the story that they tell. Think about the colors and the composition in said image and the distinct mood that it sets for your presentation. With this approach, you can get creative in your hunt for relatable, authentic, and inspiring inspirational images. I'm going to delve a little bit deeper into this, right? I want you to be illustrative, but not generic, right? So the sliding question is all about collaborating as a team. And naturally you look for images of people meeting in a boardroom, right? 
while it's perfectly fine to go super literal, sometimes these images, they fall flat. What's literal doesn't necessarily connect to your audience emotionally. Will they respond to the generic images of people who aren't them in that meeting boardroom? So if my audience I know is a group of, you know, black women uh, between the ages of 18 and 35, and I show them an image of all, uh, you know, um, uh, Chinese or Japanese people, like that's not going to hit them. That's not going to draw them in. They will be drawn in by what a reflection of them looks like, where they are or where they want to be. Right. So that goes into, again, the psychology of marketing and presentations and promoting and sales. And that should not even escape you when you're doing your presentations as well, because believe it or not, your presentations are an extended advertisement of what you do, how you do it and how well you do it. Right. So in the absence of a photo of your actual team or any other image that directly illustrates the subject at hand, look for images that are convincing realism and humanity that capture your idea of your message that, watch this, reflects them. Doing so connects with viewers and allows them to connect with your message. When it comes to your images, I want you to be supportive, but not, again, distracting, right? Now that we've told you uh, to get creative with your image selection, the next lesson is to rein that in. And while uh, there are infinite choices of imagery out there, there's a limit to what makes sense in your presentation. Let's say you're giving an IT presentation to new employees. You might think that an image of two dogs snuggled by a fire is relatable, authentic, and inspirational. But does it really say data management to your audience? <laughs> so to find out the best supporting images, try searching for the terms on the per periphery of your actual message, which is what I showed you how to do before. You'll find images that complement your message rather than distract from it. And in the IT presentation, for example, instead of data connections or uh, another literal term, try the closely related track or connectivity. This will bring up images outside of tech, but relative to the idea of how things move. Again, I want you to be inspiring and engaging. Now, there's a widespread misconception that presentations are just about delivering information. This, in part, contributes to the dirge of lackluster PowerPoint presentations that we've all sat through with our eyes glazed over like what? <laughs> in fact, a great presentation is inspirational. We don't mean that your audience should be itching to paint a masterpiece when they're done. In this case, inspiration is about engagement. Is your audience asking themselves questions? Are they coming up with new ideas? Are they remembering key info to tap into later? If you drive a lot of this engagement with your actual delivery, but unexpected images can play a role as well. 
when you use a more abstract or aspirational images, your audience will then have room to make their own connections. This not only means they're paying attention, but they're also engaging with the retaining of your message. To find the right abstract or unconventional imagery, search terms related to the tone of the presentation. This may include images with different perspectives like overhead shots and aerials, long exposures taken over a period of time, natural photos, colorful markets, and so on. Ugh, I love that. And number nine, lastly, editing PowerPoint images. And this is images across uh, any of the platforms that you're using, Canva, Adobe InDesign, uh, Prezi, and the like. Setting appropriate image resolutions in PowerPoint is something that is really important. And though you can drag and drop images into uh, the platform or the software, you can control the resolutions they are uh, that are displayed within the file. To control the file size and fine-tune your presentations, you may want to reduce or increase the resolution. Now, sometimes you may not be able to do this within your software, right? Um, there are a lot of apps that are out there where you can use to uh, increase the resolution of an image that you have. Um, one app that we use, this is on um, Droid devices, is called Remini, like Leah Remini, but no connection. Uh, and what it does is it beautifully, beautifully increases the resolution on your images, no matter how small they may be. So you wanna try that. Um, for large screens such as projection, uh, use the HD setting since enlarging to that scale will show any deficiencies in resolutions. Now, I've seen this on CNN. I've seen some of the best companies in the world like miss this point. And I see it because, you know, this is the business that I'm in. But if you look at some of the news stations, um, Fox, all of them, all of them have made this error at some point or another. You want to make sure that there are no jagged edges, no jagged lines in your artwork, especially if it's going to be, you know, <laughs> it's, it's going to be pumped into tens, if not hundreds of thousands of households at a time, right? So just make sure that you're not too hard on yourself and understand it, if Fox and CNN can make a mistake, so can you, all right? Get over yourself. <laughs> low resolution can not only distract from the message, but it looks low quality. It looks unprofessional. It is unprofessional. But <laughs> um, what you can do is recognize that when it does look uh, low resolution, it implies that you're not very professional or someone didn't double check, trickle check the job. And it really is um, a reflection on the presenter and with whom the presentation is coming through and from, right? So if size is no issue for you, then use high fidelity, maximum PPI, and only reduce if the file size gives your computer problems, all right? Now, we're going to go into resizing, editing, and adding effects to images in PowerPoint specifically. PowerPoint comes with an arsenal of tools that you can work with with your images. That's why I always say, 
if you're into the canvas, if you're into, um, you know, the new, the Prezi's and all of these other beautiful third party applications, I say if you already know PowerPoint or if you learn and master PowerPoint, like I said, when you get the truth, when you get the principle of a thing, that thing is going to remain true no matter who comes along the way. And do understand that Canva was the answer to PowerPoint. And at one point, PowerPoint was extremely uh, uh, expensive to, um, you know, the regular Joe Schmo or Jackie Schmo Show. And, um, you know, it was a viable solution. But understand the principles that still work in PowerPoint, you can use them also on any of the platforms that you have, right? You just have to give yourself a leaning curve or a learning curve for that platform. All right. So um, you can also crop your images in PowerPoint as well. All of us pretty much know how to crop. Once you do it, it will be addictive, right? The simple way for you to crop an image is to use the picture pane under the format picture, and you know the deal. You find the little, you know, the little square that has the outlines on it, press on that, boom, everything is cut. It's cut properly. If you did it wrong, undo it and try it again. Really, really simple. And what I love about Microsoft is that it's highly intuitive and that you're not going to get everywhere. But again, at least you know what to look for when you go from program to program. So that's it. Those are the top nine tips that we have for making your presentations beautiful so that people will stay engaged, they'll stay involved, they'll stay inspired. And once you leave them, they are ready to make a decision as to whether they'll use what you have put in front of them or they'll give you a ring, reach out to you and ask you to help them either do it with them, for them, or on a continual basis. So next time you design a PowerPoint presentation, remember that simplicity is key and less is more. And by adopting these simple tips, you'll deliver a clear, concise, powerful visual message to your audience. That's it for this week. Have a great one. I'll see you on Thursday. Wait a minute. Let me let you know <laughs> that what we want you to do is like, subscribe, share, and oh yeah, after you deploy some of what we've given you here in these internet streets, come back and let us know how it worked for us. Help us help you help yourself. How about that? Leave a comment. We'd like to know. Good, bad, ugly, indifferent. We're all growing here and that's what it's all about. So again, hit them like, subscribe. Leave a review. Be nice. Because we got our mean block ministry. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> For real. Goodbye. <laughs> Enjoyed the show? Connect with us across social media at ECM Group, where the conversation continues. Start creating working capital and banking big on your business in just 90 days by working with Tanya and her team. Apply now at ecmgroups.com forward slash work with us. Until next time. Just launch already from the brand side out.